going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Thursday Turf Talk coming at you guys today. I know on our sheet this is number 18. I don't think we've gotten 18 out just due to some scheduling conflicts. Um, not going to do a regular Cold Seat episode this week. It's been a pretty pretty slow week of sports news, pretty slow week in sports in general. Baseball's kind of come to a halt, surprisingly. A lot of has been going on kind of post-Shohei signing. Um not a ton's going on going on in the NBA right now, um, nor in the NHL. So uh, just given the holiday break and our schedules being a little bit different right now, we just figured we'd take a week off of the regular episode. Hopefully get it out to you guys next week um, after Christmas. We're supposed to get some more news kind of after Christmas or around Christmas. So hopefully we'll get an episode out next week. But today we have Thursday Turf Talk. We've got some, we have five bowl games. Here. I think that's right. Five bowl games up on, on the docket. Um, yeah, we got a whole slate of NFL week 16, uh, games to pick from so uh, we'll jump right into the bowl game picks with the first game being the armed forces bowl james madison versus air force uh on the 23rd so two days from now at 2 30 p.m jmu favored by two and a half brett who you got in this one yeah i'm going with jmu i think obviously undefeated um playing air force you know in fort worth i think it should be a good game uh, back and forth two teams obviously that never really play but Going with JMU, I just think they have more talent, um, you know, more diverse offense, and uh, I think they should be able to stop Air Force on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with JMU as well. I think they they're looking for something to prove. I know we saw Jacksonville State uh, come out and get a big big bowl win, their first bowl win ever uh, in FBSD one, and I think JMU, obviously them and them and JMU were granted bowl eligibility despite you know having 11 wins, 10 wins, 11 wins. Um, so anyway, they're out looking for something to prove against a quality team and Air Force, a good a good program. Um, team that had a really good year this year. I mean, they were undefeated, I think, through eight weeks, seven, maybe even nine weeks of football. So I think JMU's looking to make a statement. Um, I think they win, they need to cover the two that they're given here. And um popcorn player, I think we're doing we're doing mainly players for now. I think maybe next week. I know certainly in the in the New Year's six bowls we'll have matchups, but um tough to find matchups in some of these games, but we're going with popcorn players for this one. So we go with JMU quarterback Jordan McLeod, uh, first team All Sun Belt, uh, Sun Belt player, offensive player of the year as well. Uh, 3,400 yards passing this year, 32 tuds. Uh, kind of a long road getting here to JMU. Started his career in 2019 with USF. Was there for two years. Transferred to Arizona. Played 2021. Transferred to JMU. Had to sit out last year. Was not granted a waiver to play. Um, so he had to sit out 2022. Came back 2023 after that, after sitting out the year and had an awesome year. Obviously, the offensive player of the year for the conference in the Sun Belt. Um, super dynamic playmaker. I think he's got uh, one more year of eligibility, so I think he's back next year at JMU. Um, so looking for a big game from him. Again, a statement win for James Madison, letting everyone know that they should have been in a bowl game. They're rightfully in a bowl game. And, um, yeah, it should be a good one. I'm, I, this is definitely a game I'm going to watch. I think it's the only, one of the only bowl games on the 23rd. Um, Obviously, it's gonna be Saturday. So I don't know how many. I don't know how many we actually have. Um, I know we didn't pick all the bowl games to talk about. I don't think, but um, this is certainly one we'd be watching. Obviously, watch Jordan McLeod should light it up against uh, an Air Force defense. Yeah, you would think. Obviously, one of the main names in this game um, is Jordan, just because of obviously, like you said, sitting out last year and then coming in and playing as consistent and at a high level as he did this year. Yeah, I think I think this should be a really good game across the board. I'm looking for just guys to step up from Air Force primarily. Um, I know they had the um, Jim Thorpe Award winner 
on that roster. Um, so that should be good, good matchup there kind of, um, across the field from Jordan, I think whether regardless of his assignment, I think they're going to be, you know, throwing to him and kind of testing him out. And he, he has a really big opportunity to kind of boost his draft stock, um, to, you know, go up against good competition in a big bowl game. I think it's a pretty much a standalone game. Um, when you look at the schedule, we have one game Thursday night, uh, one game Friday, and then a slew of games Saturday. But their game at 2.30 is, you know, really a standalone game um, in terms of a big matchup between two really good teams. So looking forward to that one. Moving on to the guaranteed rate bowl, um, Kansas versus UNLV. UNLV coming off a big season, obviously. Um, this game's going to be a little later. It's going to be on the next Tuesday, December 26th. Um, UNLV is the underdog big time. Um, Kansas is fared by 12 and a half. Kansas dealing with some injuries this year on the offensive side of the ball for the second consecutive season. And still going with Kansas to win and cover, uh, win by 13 or more. UNLV coming off a big um, loss to Boise State in what was their conference championship game, I believe. Um, so yeah, looking for UNLV to bounce back after they've lost a couple straight after a nine and two start to the year. Um, so I hope it's close. I just don't think it's going to be, um, popcorn players, Kansas is running back Devin Neal. He's, he's had a really good season, uh, you know, top 10 in rushing at 1209 total rush yards, 15 touchdowns, six and 6.6 yards a carry, which is up there amongst the rushing leaders with a qualified number of carries. Um, Really big season from him. I know I think a couple guys from Kansas opted out. Obviously, their rotational quarterbacks due to injury. Um, just decided to put Neal in. He's been consistent. He's been healthy, and he should, um, you would think, ball out against a UNLV defense that just gave up 44 to Boise State. Yeah, I'm going with Kansas to win UNLV to cover. I just, I, 12 and a half is a big spread. You never know in ball games like this. I think both these teams have a lot of players playing, not a lot of opt-outs here. Uh, so I think UNLV coming off a couple couple bad losses, sour taste in their mouth. They're going to end the year on the right on the right track after having a really really good season for their certainly for their standards as well. So again, I think UNLV loses when they cover the 12, 12 and a half point spread, um, despite the fact that I think Kansas does come out of there with a win. Um, next one here, the Duke's Mayo Bowl, elite bowl celebration by the way. Uh, winning coach gets a, a bucket or like a like a water cooler of mayo dumped on him, which I think is one of the best parts of bowl season is the, you know, the celebrations post with, with that kind of stuff. But um, West Virginia taking on North Carolina, West Virginia favored by six and a half here in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. A lot of opt outs for North Carolina. Um, notably, obviously, Drake May opted out going to the NFL. Tez Walker, receiver going to the NFL, opted out. So a lot of opt outs to uh, two big name guys, but a bunch of opt outs all over the field for North Carolina. I think this West Virginia team wins. They cover the six and a half, and I think they're going to win big. Um, really, only one one big name guy who had a really good year for UNC this year who's actually playing. Um, so I think West Virginia doesn't have a lot of opt outs. They got most of their guys kind of playing this week. So um, give me that. Give me North Carolina, or sorry, give me West Virginia to win big. And uh, Mountaineers finish the season at uh, what would that mean nine and four this year? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking for a I'm looking for a close game. I honestly don't know how it's going to go. Just with opt outs, you know, you you think you know how these matchups are going to go, but then you don't factor in. A lot of the opt-outs, like you said, um, with three or four from UNC on the offensive side of the ball. Um, you know, for West Virginia, obviously both teams coming into the game at eight and four. I think West Virginia, a lot of people pitched them to finish towards the bottom of the Big 12. And 
with having a realistic chance to come out with nine wins is huge. Um, you know, even in those four games that they've lost, two of them came down to the wire that they really could have won. Garrett Green's come in and played really, really well um, at quarterback, the junior. So looking for a big game from him. Uh, but yeah, Amarian Hampton, the UNC running back, is top five in the nation in rushing uh, total yards at 1442, averaging over six a carry with 15 touchdowns. Um, not draft eligible, but will be next year. Uh, first team all ACC. Should be a fun matchup. I know West Virginia, you know, part of why they've been really good this year is because of their defense. Um, you know, given that they don't really have a ton of weapons on offense, their leading receiver is five, has 500 yards. Their leading rusher doesn't even have 800. So um, it's been a production by committee offense this year. Um, you know, no, not one guy has had any crazy stats. They've just had a lot of depth and uh, consistent play from their top guys, and they've stayed healthy as well. So, even though Drake May, Tez Walker are going to be out, um, I still think it should be a close game, but I'm going to go with West Virginia to win by probably eight or so. Um, I don't think that West or UNC is going to be able to play um, and match the depth of West Virginia just from a offense-to-defense standpoint. I think, I think West Virginia comes out on top with UNC's guys opted out. Um, but nonetheless, looking forward to that one on the 27th, so Wednesday at 4.30 p.m., and then um, immediately following that, I believe, at 7 p.m., uh, we have the DirecTV Holiday Bowl. This game is a matchup of uh, 15 Louisville versus USC. Um, could be a good game. I think even though Caleb Williams opted out um, and don't know the plan as of now, at least um, hasn't been formally announced that I know of, of um who Southern California's quarterback is going to be. I think this should be a good game. I mean, obviously it's a big spread. Um, well, not that big of a spread for college, but Louisville's fared by seven and a half. I'm going to pick Louisville to win, but USC to cover. I just think USC has enough talent, even with opt-outs and transfers. They have enough talent to make it competitive against an ACC team that really got bailed out by what was a lackluster ACC this year. Um, so I think USC keeps it close. It should be good. Um, you know, Jake Plummer's, had a good season. I don't think it's going to, he's going to be able to do a like play really well just because um, their leading receiver, Jamari thrash has opted out, but nonetheless, they still have um, a good running back in Jawar Jordan. So um, I think it should be close, but yeah, like I said, I'm picking Louisville. Yeah. I got Louisville winning as well. Uh, I think SC covers a seven and a half. It sounds like Miller Moss uh, redshirt freshman is going to be the SC starting quarterback. I know, True freshman Malachi Nelson, who was a consensus five-star top five recruit in the country, did enter the portal. It sounds like they are, I think it sounds like Will Howard, Kansas State transfer quarterback, will be going to going to USC. Um, despite, I think they had some late efforts to flip five-star quarterback DJ Lagway from Florida yesterday before he signed. Um, they made a couple of late pushes at a couple other guys, but it sounds like Will Howard's going to be their guy next year. So uh, Miller Moss sounds like he's sticking around and start the bowl game for them. Um, Brendan Rice and they're going to opt out for them. A bunch of opt outs kind of across the offense. Um, so that's why I think I think Louisville wins. I think it's going to be a low, lower scoring game, which is kind of shocking to hear given that it's USC. Um, but I think a lot of USC's talent on the defensive side of the ball is either playing or is younger. So uh, popcorn player this week for this matchup was going to be uh, USC defensive lineman Bear Alexander. Um, transferred over from Georgia after starting as a or playing as a true freshman on the defensive line last year. 
Um, had a really good year for SC. Um, big time disruptor in the in the interior. Uh, was really the only lone, one of the lone kind of bright spots of that USC defense, along with safety Kalen Bullock, who I believe has opted out and is going to the NFL. So um, Bear, Bear Alexander looking for, I think, a big game to boost his draft stock going into next year. Um, obviously, that's a lot of what we're looking for with sophomores and guys who, guys like Amari Hampton that we talked about just a minute ago. Um, Bear Alexander, and even the guy we're going to talk about next, they're all three uh, true sophomores who had really good years as underclassmen looking to boost their draft stock going into kind of the, this college offseason and um, when a lot of the draft heads really start looking at, um, you know, in May, they'll start looking at, hey, who's the next class, blah, blah, blah. So uh, Barry Alexander certainly a name to watch next year and uh, definitely a name to watch, I think, this weekend as he looks to solidify in this next week as he looks to solidify himself as a, uh, a serious contender to be a first-round pick next year. Yeah, no doubt. A guy that's popped pretty much every game at some point. Um, for USC in the middle of that D-line. Um, moving on to our final, um, the fifth bowl game that we have on the slate today is the Texas Bowl. It's um, Texas A&M versus number 20, Oklahoma State. Pretty good matchup here. Um, this is also on the 27th at 8 p.m. A&M is favored by two, and obviously you would think would win the game, but I'm going with Oklahoma State um, to win this one. Um, you know, a two-point spread is really nothing in college football. The game is going to be played in Houston, so maybe a slight edge to A&M in terms of home field, um, as it's like not even a two-hour drive for them from College Station. Um, but not much further for Oklahoma State. I don't think that will really play a factor, as it should be pretty much split in terms of fan representation. Um, you know, Both teams has ha- have had really up-and-down seasons, especially Oklahoma State. You know, Oklahoma State's a team that earlier in the season lost to South Alabama, um, they've really been in close games for most of the year. Uh, they did beat OU, which was kind of their statement win, but they got rolled by Texas in the Big 12 championship game. They got rolled by UCF, who finished 6-6 six and six and has their bowl game this week against Georgia Tech. But um, Oklahoma State, I'm picking really just because Ollie Gordon and because I think their defense is good enough. Um, you know, A&M didn't really have any stars across the board on offense this year. And obviously, it's, you know, a hard year for A&M with, you know, losing their coach and the whole, um, you know, really what wasn't a great culture for them. Um, they've played a little better since then, a kind of re- a rejuvenated group. And I think I just don't know if they're going to be able to keep up offensively with what Oklahoma State is capable of doing. We haven't really seen A&M kind of go all out this year against a really good team. I mean, they did lose a close game to Ole Miss about a month ago. Um, and they lost by 12 to LSU in their rivalry week game, if you call it a rivalry. Um, but yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma State. I ultimately think that A&M is not going to be able to keep up, like I said. And Oklahoma State doesn't have a bad defense either. They have athletes across the board. Um, they've gotten a lot of um, Oklahoma local athletes to commit to their school, commit to the culture. And they've it's panned out pretty well for them, obviously, being a top 20 team. Already having nine wins with a chance to have double-digit wins and. What was a year that I think a lot of people didn't really think they do well, similar to West Virginia in the Big 12? Um, you know, a lot of people were wanting Mike Gundy gone. Their quarterback situation was uh, was unresolved going into the year, and even a couple weeks into the year, they didn't really know who the quarterback would be. And then, um, funny enough, Texas Tech, former Texas Tech quarterback, who um, went to Michigan and now at Oklahoma State has kind of led them. Even after, even though he hasn't really had a great year, he's played. In, he's averaged like 300 pass yards a game, but he has 13 touchdowns and 12 picks. So, 
kind of a weird year for them, but Ollie Gordon's emergence has kind of been what's, you know, brought them to nine wins. Um, so it's a big time, um, big time year for Oklahoma State and a big time opportunity to help kind of bridge their program to get some more recruits in and um, keep that culture there as long as Gundy's there. Yeah, I mean, I, Ollie Gordon, what he like you said, what he did this year, really not rushing the first couple of games of the year, was really, really impressive. Um, rightful Doug Walker Award winner. Um, obviously, like you said, popcorn player this week. Um, A&M, again, tough tough year for them. They're, they're kind of looking to rebuild the culture at this point. Um, I know Mike Elko cannot coach in this game. I know he's just kind of there recruiting. Um, so I don't even remember who's coaching this bowl game for them. Um, yeah, he's a tough year for them, I think. Again, I'm thinking OSU to win, OSU to cover. A&M being favored by two here kind of surprises me. Um, Alan Bowman, we saw what the flashes we saw at Texas Tech, where we saw them in a f- couple full games, certainly against Oklahoma and Bedlam. <coughs> Pardon me. And then <coughs> really didn't see it much after that. Um, a couple good games this year, but, I mean, the game against Texas, he was abysmal. Um, granted, that's a really good Texas defense. but So I – I don't think the A&M defense shown up. I know Edron Cooper, they're one of the best defensive players not playing. Walter Nolan already in the portal not playing. Um, they've lost a lot of guys to the portal. So I think it's just going to be a young, inexperienced A&M team that's going to be outclassed from a talent perspective on a player-to-player basis against Oklahoma State. And I think Ollie Gordon has a really big day. It's tough to have a lot of defensive guys come in that haven't seen a lot of reps come in and stop the run. So I think Ollie Gordon has a big day. I think Oklahoma State wins Oklahoma State coverage, and like you said, looking to kind of, in again, what appears to be a wide-open Big 12 next year, um, with Oklahoma State certainly being a team that's going to contend for that that, that championship spot, really going to be them trying to add a win at the end of the year against a, against still a, a talented A&M program, and, um, and again, carry some momentum going into next year in 2024 when, like I said, it really seems like there's a handful of teams that could go in the Big 12, Oklahoma State being one of them, Kansas State, Utah, uh, Texas Tech appears to, again, if it make the improvements they expect to make, should be a team that's up there as well. Uh, TCU is always going to be solid. Um, Kansas can even make a run, just bringing back a lot of talent. So, now, like I said, wide open Big 12 next year. Even Arizona coming over had a really good year this year. So, um, Colorado, obviously, whatever Dion can do or can't do in the portal, um, we'll see what happens there. But like I said, oh, it's a big one for Oklahoma State this week and the Texas Bowl next week, rather. And um, like you said, really, really a big one to carry over some culture into next year while Gundy is still coaching there. Um, that wraps up our college picks, though. We'll have we should have some more exciting games to talk about next week. Um, certainly have the New York Six Bowls, the playoffs. Um, so it'll be great to talk about and really, really good to get some refreshing, high quality matchups as opposed to trying to talk about some of these bowl games we've been talking about, which you no know, disrespect to those teams, but that's just. You know, JMU versus Air Force isn't Washington versus Texas. It's just not the same. Not the amount, the amount of NFL talent, not the amount of um, kind of intrigue there. But in getting the week, week week 16 of the NFL, um, if this were red zone, it is truly the witching hour. Um, getting out of the nitty gritty of it. A lot of teams here uh, playing for draft position, playing for wild card spots, or playing for seeding. Um, first one here, Thursday night game tonight. The Rams are uh, hosting the New Orleans Saints. This is a game that the Saints need to win. The both teams really honestly, this is a must win for both teams. Getting getting the eighth win and staying with a possibility to go nine and or ten and seven and get into a get into a playoff for both these teams. I know if the Saints win, they take a big step in winning that division. If the Rams win, they take a big step in in being a wild card team that can get into the playoffs. And Sean McVay, 
Matt Stafford, Cooper Cup is always a scary thought going to the playoffs, despite how talented or lack of or, you know, kind of lack thereof on that roster. Um, they're always going to be a hard team to get out. So I think this is a, a game that I think a lot of NFC contenders like the Rams or sorry, like the Niners, the the Cowboys, the Eagles are watching this week because they want to see, you know, if the Rams lose and they get they drop to, you know, eight losses. It'd be tough to make the playoffs. And I think at that point, I think they still have to play the Niners to end the season as well. So um I think the Rams do get the win at home in Los Angeles, um, despite the fact that the Saints are seven and seven and can still win that division. They they, they look really bad. They look all over the place. They don't really seem very offensively. At least they're they're hurt. They're banged up. I know Olave. I don't think he's going to play tonight. Um, defensively, I know Michael. I mean, I know Michael Thomas is playing offensively as well, but uh, Marshawn Lattimore not playing this, tonight. So I think. Should just be a tough one for the Saints who have not had a quarterback play, been banged up. So give me the Rams to win who appear to be moderately healthy. Uh, at least Cup, Nakua, Stafford all, all ready to go offensively. Kyron Williams. So give me the Rams to win. Rams to cover at home this week and, and get a much-needed win in, in their wildcard pursuit. No doubt, yeah. Like you said, matchup of seven and seven teams in the NFC. Uh, is big this time of year. And uh, the winner of this game likely makes the playoffs, while the loser you know, might be on the outside looking in. So. This, this should be a fun one. Uh, I'm picking the Rams to win, though, at home. Winners of four of their last five, where the Saints have won their last two. Um, but I just don't think the Saints will be able to keep up their defense isn't what we thought it would be going into the year. And the Rams, like you said, have a lot of star power on offense. Um, you know, rookie wide receiver Puka Nakua is really good. Uh, granted, his stats are inflated just because of the volume. But he's he's put up great numbers this year across from Cooper Cup. Even when Cooper Cup's been out, he's produced. And then Kyron Williams has been really good. Um, you know, battling with injuries still should eclipse a thousand yards this or tonight in the game. Um, and then our popcorn matchup we have today uh, for this game is a rookie matchup of Saints interior defensive lineman Brian Brzee versus Rams interior offensive lineman Steve Avila. Um, the latter of which have played better. Um, you know, Avila's had a pretty solid rookie year across of what's, you know, probably an average O-line in front of Matthew Stafford. Um, Brian Brzee hasn't played great. Medicals was always a um, question mark for him. I'm, I'm looking forward to them matching up, though. A couple, you know, big-time prospects, big-time names that have come into the league and played well. Um, like I said, looking forward to it. Not sure what to expect, but Avila's had the better year to this point. No, Avila's been really solid this year. A guy who kind of came in and uh, started from day one and has really exceeded those expectations just as, as, a, as a rookie starter. Uh, Brzee, defensive linemen are tough. Oftentimes you're rotating a lot. So you just look at the volume of snaps you'd usually get uh, as an offensive lineman. But nonetheless, it's an intriguing matchup of young guys in this league um, kind of sifting through just some injuries. Like I said, it would have been easy to go march on Lattimore Cooper Cup, but Lattimore's not playing tonight. Um, kind of a lack of defensive talent for the Rams. So I think this one's really solid. A couple of young guys who are getting their footing in the NFL and um, certainly rooting for Brian Brzee. I know had some flashes this year of greatness, and I think we can we can continue to see that tonight and should be, like I said, really fun to watch kind of in the trenches here in 4K uh, on Amazon Prime. So looking forward to that one for sure. Uh, Saturday game here, Bengals at Steelers. Cincy favored by two in Pittsburgh. Going to take the Bengals to win, Bengals to cover. Steelers are just out of whack right now, discombobulated. Um, quarterback play has been bad no matter who it's been, whether it's been Rudolph or, or Pickett or Trubisky. Um, it's been bad all the way around. Uh, the Bengals have had found a way to win games with Jake Browning at quarterback, so credit to Zach Taylor and his offense for you know, 
being able to orchestrate uh, that offense to, you know, to wins with a backup quarterback in the game. So I know no Jamar Chase tonight, but nonetheless, I just think that the Steelers offensively are, are just, they're just really bad right now. And they have receivers who aren't interested in playing the game. They're just interested in, I don't know what, to be honest with, with George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. So um, the whole thing's about a bit of a mess offensively for the Steelers. So give me the Bengals to win a tight one, uh, low scoring game, but give me the Bengals to win and cover the two points at home or sorry, on the road. My bad. Yeah, I mean, I'll keep it quick here. The midday game on Saturday. I mean, Pickett's injured. Trubisky got benched. Rudolph's coming in. Not going to expect much from him, uh, especially with, you know, the quality receivers as of late in terms of wanting to do their job the right way. Um, you know, like you said, with Pickens and Johnson, um, two guys that really haven't put any effort into anything except catching the ball and uh, making plays for themselves and, Jamar Chase is out on the other side, and for all I'm concerned, Joe Burrows looked like a system quarterback uh, with Jake Browning's emergence. <laughs> yeah, so, you had to throw it in there. <laughs> hey, it's it's floating around. Um, I had to put it out there on the cold seat pod as well. Um, Fair but yeah, Jake Browning's looked today. really good. They had that win on Monday night over Jacksonville in Jacksonville a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, look for that to continue. Joe Mixon's co- or come in and played well from his injury. Um, He's looking across the board, one of the better blocking running backs, which is big for a young quarterback um, to know, have that extra insurance behind what's really not a great offensive line. Um, so look for the Bengals to get their ninth win here and stay in the uh, driver's seat for a wild card spot. Whereas if the Steelers lose this and drop to seven and eight, um, likely eliminated. So or they are eliminated. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens with the Steelers kind of culture busting year for them in terms of, you know, how consistent they've been year after year in terms of just putting a good enough product on the field to be competitive, even though they haven't had great talent. I pray that they are dumb enough to fire Mike Tomlin. I pray they're not going to, but I pray you should be praying too, that this happens, that they are dumb enough to fire Mike Tomlin. I hope to God they're dumb enough to fire. Cause frankly, the only knock on Mike Tomlin is that he's was quote stubborn about Matt Canada and his offensive system wanted to run the Arians offense, which it's hard to run without like a Tom Brady, right? It's just, it's difficult. I mean, one, the firing would be humbling, but like, dude, I hope they're, I hope they're dumb enough to fire him. Right. Comes to Los Angeles. Dude, I, I mean, it, you know, they would hire him. They, they, they'd hand him the money or whatever. I mean, he's going to take the job in Chicago. Come on. No chance. No chance. They're going to, they're, the, the, the Chicago's hiring Ben Johnson. I'm, I'm, I'm sold on that, I think. Um, or Jim Harbaugh. I don't know why Jim would go to Chicago. Like, plus Jim's not leaving Michigan. I will say, like, I don't, I don't think he leaves Michigan, but if he did, I'd say Chicago. Oh, he's going to Los Angeles if if he leaves. I think I think LA's going to give him more money. Is the thing that that's my big, bad thing. Right. And I, I don't mean, think Jim probably. wants to do a full rebuild with a quarterback. I think Jim wants to go. So, granted, I don't know, but I do think if Jim does leave Michigan, it'll be LA. But I don't think he's leaving Michigan like at all. There's no reason for him to. He's he's not leaving Michigan. Um, but no, I hope they fire Tomlin. I hope they do. Please. Yeah, no, I mean, please. the way they go about their offseason is definitely going to be one to look at in terms of, you know, one of the more intriguing, um, you know, off seasons that people are going to want to follow. Um, is popcorn matchup. Are, real quick, uh, real quick. Are they, are they a landing spot for like a Bo Nix or a Michael Penix? I think they could be. I think it would have to be. At the right time, I don't think they want to sink too much value into 
a quarterback this year just because of how the AFC is shaken out. I don't think it makes the most sense depending on, you know, with a loaded draft class, depending on who's there and where they end up picking. But I think yeah. they could benefit from signing a veteran and because obviously, you know, Rudolph and Trubisky are not really your ideal like veterans. And are they a Justin Fields candidate then? I think they could be. Yeah, I think they Because we've they had this conversation before of like where does Fields go, right? And and just because that's like I think Jaden Daniels is going to get picked. I think I think a team in the top ten is talking themselves into into Jaden Daniels. A similar rise like what Deshaun Watson had. People thought Deshaun Watson was like a back end of the first round guy, kind of widespread media, and then the rest of everyone caught on when draft when draft media was like, hey, this guy's going to be a top fifteen pick, and then sure enough, he was right. And we can talk about what Deshaun is now, but what he was in Houston was an MVP candidate. Um, I'm not saying Jaden Daniels, Jaden Daniels is that, but like we could see a similar mainstream media rise of what, you know what I mean? I, I think a team's going to talk themselves into him in the top 10. I don't know if I can say the same for Bo and for Michael Penix, but I just thought I'd throw it out there. Right now they're supposed to pick around 16. They probably stick between 12 and 18 maybe. They're not, I don't know if they're making the playoffs, so they're probably sticking in the teens. I just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, certainly, like you said, it's going to be an interesting offseason for them to watch. Um, Bears are probably going to move on from Fields, right? I mean, they figure they trade him, so maybe maybe they send him to Pittsburgh for a three. I don't know. Um, yeah. Let's them pick. Let's them take a, a a first round player, quality player at sixteen. You figure another tackle, maybe maybe a receiver. Um, in a pretty talented class, like you said. So, but I thought I'd bring it up real quick. Um, I'll let you get the popcorn matchup here, though. Yeah, I mean, Trey Hendrickson versus uh, Steelers rookie right tackle Broderick Jones out of Georgia. This should be a good one. Broderick's played better as the season's progressed, whereas Trey's just been his normal self for the most part, um, you know, coming through when it matters most and making big plays in the backfield. Um, you know, sack numbers are up there with uh, the league leaders. So should be a fun one to watch there out wide um, of the offensive line. So I think when you look at Trench's battles, they can really um, be one at the end of the game. Really what goes on in the first quarter, second quarter, doesn't really matter a whole lot. It's really like how well do you play when it matters most because, as we know, the trenches really decide games. And if as an offensive lineman, if you start wearing the, in this case, edge rusher down throughout the game and, and they get one sack and one mishap, then, oh, they win the matchup. Whereas – a defensive lineman, you could have a sack in the first half and then disappear when it matters, and the offensive lineman wins, even though you had a good game. So at the end of the day, um, you know, a vet versus a rookie should be a fun one in a matchup that's probably going to be happening pretty often with them being in the same division um, for at least yeah. the next few years. So should be a fun one there. Um, moving on to the Saturday uh, night game, the third and final game of Saturday, the Bills and Chargers. Um, the Bills look really good right now. They've played really well as of late even though they've had some injuries uh, they just beat they lost to the eagles in overtime in philly which was tough but then they came back and beat the chiefs in arrowhead and the cowboys at home uh, they rolled the cowboys last week 31 to 10 played the Chargers this week um first game without staley right yeah first game without staley yeah, yeah i mean it should be an interesting one i don't think um i don't think it goes like the raiders chargers game uh, i think it'll be closer than that Granted, you know, the Bills are even a better team, but I think the Chargers kind of have a similar, not to the same degree, obviously, but a similar um, production uptick, even though they have a, a backup quarterback in Easton Stick. I think, you know, guys come out, kind of come out this week 
Um, the culture somewhat improves this week with Staley being gone, um, a couple other coaches being gone. I think you see a better product from them this week than what you saw last week on, what was that, Thursday Night Football. So I think overall this week we see a closer game than what some might expect. Um, you know, eight and six Bills, they got They have to win out, I think, with how crowded the AFC wildcard picture is looking right now. They need to win out. They can't lose seven games. That'd be tough for them because they lose a lot of tiebreakers right now in uh, AFC in the AFC record. So I uh, look for them to kind of push all their chips in to kind of win these last three games. They're going to be tough. Um, I know they play the Chargers this week, but then they play the Pats and the Dolphins. They're going to have to win that Do- Dolphins game probably to get into the playoffs. So um, should be an interesting one. But they could make a run for the division if they win out and the Dolphins lose. The Dolphins have a brutal schedule with the Cowboys, Ravens, and Bills to finish. So, um, you know, look for the AFC East to get, you know, get a little interesting here these final few weeks. But I'm looking for, I'm looking for a close game, but I don't think it's going to be that close. Um, a lot of people are predicting, and you know, a big blowout because of what happened to the Chargers last week. Chargers are much different team this week simply because the coaches are gone uh, I mean, even though it's a lot of the same players so I'm picking the Bills to win and cover I think they win by 14 or so but I honestly think it's a good game until the fourth um, yeah so look for this one to be good I hope it is um, you know Saturday night matchup the 23rd I hope we get some good matchups and you know these two AFC games on Saturday yeah um Chargers thing's interesting. I think the Bills win. Bills cover the 12. Um, a lot of people have talked about the Chargers potentially coming out and winning a game to end their year. And the only game I see that happening in is Week 18 in Kansas City. If the Chiefs rest their players, which I still don't think they're going to be able to they're going to be playing for seeding in the division because Denver's won some games. and They're going to win next week against the Chargers because it's in Denver. It's in mile high, blah, blah, blah. But I think the I'll be curious to see how this team plays. Like you said, it's all the same players. It's the same offensive staff. Um, Staley's gone. Obviously, Telesco's gone. Um, and then additionally, you've got the firing. We actually haven't talked about that fight. We'll talk about it next week on the pod because um, I want to talk a little more about the firing and, and the candidates and blah, blah, blah. And we've talked a little bit about that here, but we'll talk about that next week. Um, and we'll have a, a much further discussion once the season ends and, Coaching interviews are happening. We'll have that discussion about you know the Raiders, the you know the the Panthers, presumably the Bears, probably uh, a couple of their teams. So we'll have those coaching discussions later on. But like you said, first game without Staley, they fired their run game coordinator Jay Rogers on the defense side of the ball. Um, everyone else is staying. So um, I'll be curious to see. I know the the players love Giff Smith. Um, he's a stud, man. I know that they. I do. I have. I have confirmed reports that they. They want to keep him there, and I think Giff wants to stick around with this new staff, regardless of who it is. Um, Giff is a guy that's going to stay. Um, at least they want him to stay, and I think he does want to stay too. So um, players love Giff. I think we're going to see a more spirited team this week. I think the players want, are going to want to come out and play um, at a high level for for Giff. And um, it was pretty clear that the team had – I don't know if they'd given up early in the game, but I think you go down 21 points against a divisional opponent in the first, what, five, six minutes of the game. It, it's over. Like they're not, they're not playing hard after that. So I think we saw them give up over the course of the game. Um, long story short, I think bills win bills cover this bills team looks like one of the three best teams in football right now. I'll be honest. Um, it looks like it's the Niners Ravens. And then this bills team, as good as the Cowboys have looked and the Eagles have looked, 
the Bills figured something out. I don't know if it was firing Ken Dorsey. But Joe Brady's been great. He's been awesome. He simplified the offense. He looks really, really good. I think Joe Brady's going to get coach head coaching interviews because of what's happened here. Uh, once viewed as a, as one of the brightest upcoming minds in in the sport. Um, kind of got his, his career derailed, taking I think what, what was a bad opportunity in Carolina, uh, and now is back on the right track with with Buffalo. And um, he's done really really good things for that offense. He's took over as OC, and I think the the Bills really get rolling here and they and they keep the momentum here. And it's a Chargers team that's um, you talk about opposite opposite ends of the spectrum. Um, I'm looking for Quentin Johnson to have a good week this week, maybe. Looking for the rookies on both sides of the ball. Um, we actually have two a rookie matchup here with our popcorn matchup of Bills right guard of Sirens Torrance out of Florida taking on Chargers defensive lineman Tuli Tui Pelotu out of USC. Uh, Tuli is a guy who's rushed a lot from the edge this year, rushed a lot from the interior. Uh, truly a very versatile defensive lineman. Um, can rush from the three tech, kind of rush from the the one the shade. Uh, you know, shade inside of the guard at like a one tech. Um, can shade a four eye inside the tackle, outside the tackle at a five tech, even wider. So. Um, I think he'll get some run with Osir- against Osiris Torrance this week. I know that um, Giff obviously is going to be simplifying the defense. Derek Ansley as well as the defensive coordinator. So uh, I expect to see um, the fact that Derek's been there. He may try and get uh, some advantageous matchups for Khalil. I think because they want to get Khalil a bunch of sacks and have him chase that sack record. Just I don't think he's going to get there with three games left. But um, Khalil needs one more sack to set his set his career high. So I think they want to get him that and. They'll work to get some matchups with him and Tuli on the same side, so they can't really help on Khalil as much. And I think we should see some really good rushes from from Tuli on the right side against Osiris. So looking for that matchup again. Tuli's been an awesome run defender as well. So should they get into that set and see some run defense uh, against against Osiris Torn should be great too. So two rookies have had really good years. Obviously Tuli's had an awesome year as a rookie. Um, was in the defensive rookie of the year conversation early on in the season, and obviously Will Anderson took off and is a is a bona fide star, and uh, he's definitely going to win it as he should. But two of the guys had a really 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 good year as a defensive lineman, um, come in rushed really well from kind of everywhere. So looking for him to have a good game against Osiris Torrance and a good test for for Osiris, um, guy who again offensive linemen tend to get better as they as the year goes, like you said about Broderick. So looking for Osiris to have a good week and um, again take a step take another step in the right direction of uh, kind of building on his rookie season and then building on his, as the season goes for him. Yeah. Like you said, this rookie matchup should be another fun one to watch. Um, I think, like you said, two guys that have played fairly well, especially Thule. Um So look, look, see how that one goes. Another one that can be decided late in the game. If it happens to be close. Um, hope it is moving on here to the Sunday slate of games, starting with the noon games for us in the central time zone. Um, a big time AFC game. Browns at Texans, you know, the Texans can lead the division with a win, whereas the Browns are looking to hold on to that fifth spot, hoping the Ravens lose a couple down the stretch and take the division. Um, Browns, obviously, without Sean Watson, Texans are likely going to be without C.J. Stroud for a second consecutive week due to the concussion he sustained a couple weeks ago. A lot of guys questionable for this game. Um, Nathaniel Dell, obviously, out for the year after, you know, what was a big rookie season. Nico Collins has stepped up really well. He's over 1,000 yards on the year. Singletary is coming in p- produced. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, you have Amari Cooper, obviously, having a pretty good year. And then Jerome Ford, um, who came in in Nick Chubb's absence and has been really good. Um, he could get to 1,000 rush yards without playing the first month of the year, which is huge for them, um, especially going into the playoffs. So I'm picking the Browns to win in cover here in Houston. Um, I know it's going to be – Tough for the Texans to overcome the loss of CJ, just with how good of a year he's had. Um, 
you know, in terms of accuracy, decision-making, processing speed. Um, he's really what's made that team click on all levels. Obviously, the coaching hires have been incredible across the board. Um, but, it, I mean, they don't produce without CJ. And I think with him out, we saw it last week, um, you know, tough game. But at the end of the day, they are playing the Titans, and they won in overtime in which no team scored 20. So I think this week they face a really good Browns defense. It's um, going to shut them down in Houston. I think the Browns do enough to you know, win the game in the end. I'm picking the Browns to win by um, three or more as they're fair by two and a half. So I'm, the Browns probably win by 10 or so, but I'm, I'm hoping this one's close. Yeah. I, CJ, not having CJ is going to be tough, man. I, I know they got to win again last week against the Titans in a divisional game, but um, it's a different beast defensively that they're going to have to see. Obviously, offensively, um, I don't want to say comparable, but similar. Um, just given the, the offensive line that Cleveland's going to tout, maybe not the running back, but the offensive line they're going to tout. Run game will be solid. Um, I think the difference here is that the, the Titans defense is just not nearly as good as the Browns. Um, from a secondary perspective, from a, of a from a front seven perspective, I think it's going to be tough for the, for the Texans to score this week without CJ. Um, I think I think the Browns get a win here, a, a big win in their pursuit of a of a, of a playoff berth. Um, and they cover the two and a half popcorn matchup. Uh, Miles Garrett versus Lermy Tunsil, two of the best of the of the best, arguably two of the best of their position in the entire league. Um, Miles having a really really good year, certainly going to be a defensive player of the year candidate. Uh, Larry Tunsil's having another All-Pro season. That year in and year out, this guy's an All-Pro. Um, probably, I mean, he may not be first team because I think he suffers from the like a lot of left tackles do. Um, another guy we're going to talk about here a little bit later um, on Minnesota. A couple other guys they suffer from playing with Trent, with Trent Williams, who's going to be one of the greatest to ever play left tackle ever. Um, it's very similar like when big guys played with Tim Duncan or when really good guards played in the Kobe Bryant era. Right. In the D Wade era, like they, they just they had, they had Hall of Famers in front of you. Um, so I think Laramie may not get the first team all pro nod because the fact that he's, you know, playing alongside a, a, a one of the greatest ever. Um, but certainly, nonetheless, uh, high, high quality player, all first team, all pro level player. So against, again, one of the best, if not the best edge rusher in football this year, Miles Garrett. So I doubt they see a lot of each other this week because. Rarely do you see ones rush against ones. Um, a lot of times you see these guys rush from the right side, but I hope we get a couple a couple of these this week. Um, Laramie's awesome. Miles is awesome. So I hope we get these two guys getting some one on ones just for the culture, just for just for the pass rush culture this week. That's all I want. Yeah, I hope so. Big time matchup uh, could be, but like you said, most likely won't be. Um, hopefully we get a few reps, but we'll see. Moving on here. Um, Probably won't say as much about this one, honestly. Uh, Commanders, Jets, a couple teams looking at top 10 picks. Um, Jets are fair by three. I'm picking them to win in cover. I just don't like the Commanders will be able to do enough on what's a really good Jets defense that's held quarterbacks to, uh, you know, not great stat lines. Led by corner Sauce Gardner, I th- he should be going against uh, Commanders receiver Terry McLaurin this week for most of the game. I just think at the end of the day, um, the game is going to come down to more than a matchup. Both the teams that are similarly matched from a skill level, uh, whereas the Jets have the edge uh, defensively. I think at the end of the day, uh, Zach Wilson looked good in his uh, start coming off the bench. So picking the Jets to win and cover, and I think the Commanders um, move up the draft board yet again this week after another loss. Commanders appear to be in like full tank mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels like they're looking for New England to kind of find a win somewhere here or 
someone to keep like like maybe the Cardinals to find a win so they can kind of sneak into that number two spot. Um, they at least want to stay firm at five because I think they know that with their strength of schedule, they win another game. It, shoot, they're they're picking like seventh or eighth. So I, I think they're in full on tank mode, um, which is interesting. I have no idea who their coach is going to be next year. I think I think Ron's as good as gone. He's just going to retire, call it a career. Nothing wrong with that. I got a lot of respect for Ron Rivera. Um, great defensive mind. Guy who's dealt with a lot. Um, certainly the fact that he's still coaching is really impressive. But uh, nonetheless, this team is so checked out. It's it's ridiculous. Um, give me the Jets to win, Jets to cover. I think this Jets defense gets it done against the Commanders. Um, it's going to be a tough week for the offense for the Commanders. I think offensive line-wise, it's going to be tough. Um, they don't have the offensive minds of Mike McDaniel and offensive line guru Frank Smith to kind of coach up their offensive line against this Jets defense like the Miami Dolphins did last week. So um, go ahead and give me the, the Jets to win, Jets to cover. Um, I'll let you hit the popcorn matchup on this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think at the end of the day, uh, Jets pretty solid across the board defensively with, um, you know, Sauce and Reed and um, Mosley, Williams. They have a lot of good guys on that defense. So I think, uh, I mean, the commanders, Sam Howell up there in pass yards, but pass yards doesn't really mean a whole lot. Um, Terry McLaurin versus Sauce should be a good one. I ultimately think um, Sauce gets the better of him just because Terry's pretty much the only guy on that offense. So they can shut down one guy fairly easily, um, especially when they don't really have much else around him. But moving on here two Seahawks at Titans, a big matchup for playoffs um, for the Seahawks. They were reeling. Uh, they had lost five or six before a crazy comeback win on Monday night. Um, you know, going to Nashville, play the Titans, fared by two and a half. I'm picking them to win and cover. I think that win is going to do a lot for them. Um, kind of rejuvenated that team and uh, kind of eases the final push for a playoff spot. Just, you know, they won one game. They can kind of get them rolling now. Probably need to win two of their last three to get in, which I think is doable starting this week. Um, but, yeah, Seahawks win by probably 10 or so. I know that the Titans have played well. Um, they barely lost last week, but I'm I'm still picking the Seahawks to win on the road. It's tight. It's tightened up in this house. So we're, we're we're pulling for the Titans to win the rest of their games and, and at least at least get one more win. So they have six wins, not five. To I just want less teams with five wins to get that logjam cleared up so the Chargers can pick higher. Um, that said, I think the Seahawks win this one. Um, they win a huge one uh, on Monday night. They get a massive win, a gutsy win from from Drew Locke and the end company. Um, so yeah, give, give me the, give me the Seahawks to win, Seahawks to cover against an, uh, just a not very good Titans team, lackluster kind of across the board. Um, don't know if Will Levis is going to play this week. I, I have not checked on that at all, to be honest with you. Um, Seahawks, they, again, they, they're rolling at the right time. They've got to keep stacking these wins. I think they're right now they're they're sitting on the outside looking in of a playoff spot. But again, the I mean the Rams they got a Rams loss tonight. Um, they jump up a little bit. I mean, shoot, they even get either one of these teams loses, they jump one of them in the rankings. So um, I think the Seahawks win. Still making the playoffs, I think, this year for them with a late push here. Uh, popcorn matchup here is going to be Seahawks defensive tackle Leonard Williams versus Titans rookie or left guard Peter Skaronsky. Um, guy at Northwestern who we both really liked as, as an interior guy um, playing guard for the, for the Titans this year. He's had a good year. I think he had a lackluster week last week, a couple times getting beat on the interior with a couple of rush games that uh, – 
D'Amico dialed up for the Texans, but nonetheless, a uh, quality matchup this week with a veteran, veteran player, Leonard Williams, who's been uh, never really been a top, a top three or four defensive tackle, but always been a top ten guy, always hovering around that, you know, ten to seven range. Just a really, really high, high quality player, solid. Um, again, a vet of the game, been around the game a long time, so guy who's good in pass rush, good in run defense, so going to be a good test for Peter this week, and again, another trench matchup that I'm looking forward to watching and tuning into. Yeah, like I said, that should be a fun one uh, across the board. Those those guys probably going to be matched up against each other for most of the game. Um, moving on here to another big matchup. Uh, funny enough, you know the Colts have played well enough without Anthony Richardson, uh, with Gardner Minshew, to make a playoff push. Um, they can very well get in the playoffs with uh, two winning two of their last three, put them at ten and seven if they were to lose the third one. Um, eight and six right now, going against a six and eight. Falcons team that really hasn't played well as of late. Uh, they were winning the division. They've lost the last two against divisional opponents, including on the road um, in front of tens of fans in Charlotte, Carolina, um, against the Carolina Panthers. So, you know, losing back-to-back divisional games is huge this time of the year in terms of your chances. So, um, what was once thought to be a sub-500 uh, playoff team is now, you know, going to be picking top ten where it looks like the Bucks are going to win that division. Um, so really weird scenario there. Still a lot could go down. Obviously, the Falcons can still win the division. This should be a close game, but I'm picking the Colts to win and cover as Atlanta's fared by one. I just think they have more talent for the most part, and guys have stepped up across the board. We saw Zach Moss step up when JT was out. We've seen Minshew step up. We've seen Pittman step up. Pittman's probably going to be out this week uh, with the nasty concussion he sustained last week. Um, unfortunate for the Colts, unfortunate for my fantasy team. However, um, Josh Downs has looked good and Gardner Minshew's, you know, one of his strengths is distributing the ball and making good decisions. Um, for the most part, uh, he can scramble a little bit as well. Um, so I think he does enough for them and that offense, um, to get the win for them this week on the road in Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta's so Arthur Smith, man, what are we doing? what's going on we're in week 16 and we and we still have not figured out that maybe we should get Bijan robinson and kyle pitts the football we kind of figured out drake london but only for a couple of weeks there um they they've waffled back and forth on quarterbacks all year i think taylor Heine's gonna he's supposed to play the last year games of the year but they might change their mind next week i don't really know so uh i think colts win colts cover even without michael Pittman jr um they're a team that's quietly might make a wild card push it's interesting what's going on in the afc with that seven seed um right now indy has it at eight and six i think if they shoot if they win this weekend they're nine and six and very much in the driver's seat to get to get into the playoffs so uh must win game for indy the falcons i don't really think care at this point um so yeah give me give me the colts to win colts to cover um Popcorn matchup here, another another interior matchup this week. Um, DeForest Buckner, interior defense alignment for the Colts versus Falcons right guard Chris, Chris Lindstrom, a guy we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, arguably been the best player for the Falcons this year. Maybe not talent-wise, but certainly on, on an on-field production standpoint. Been one of the best players in that team. And obviously DeForest Buckner, guy who's been one of the top defense alignment in the, in the league for a while now. Um, really, really good player. So looking for a really good matchup with two vets here on the interior just a couple of hogs battling it out in the trenches. You'd love to see it. 
Yeah, looking forward to that one. Um, you know, Buckner and Lindstrom both really, really good at what they do. And uh, one of the few bright spots of this matchup should be the matchup between those two. Um, moving on to what's not a great NFC matchup um, of the Packers and Panthers. You know, Panthers back home again after another loss last week. Um, you know, the Panthers, or excuse me, a win last week. Um, you know, we were talking about it. Um, I went with the Falcons last week, but I should have gone with the Panthers because the Panthers lose six and then they win their seventh. Um, they've done that twice this year through 14 games. Um, so they're due to, for three losses to end the year. So I'm going with the Packers here to win and win by more than five. I think they've looked good. Their offense has improved. Um, you know, offense has been up and down, but they have improved, no doubt. Coming off two um, unfortunate losses over the past couple of weeks. Um, puts them at six and eight and really they need to win out to get into the playoffs, um, have a chance just with the way the NFC is shaken out, but it looks like they aren't going to be making it. So we'll see how they come out and perform this week, but I'm going with the Panthers or going with the Packers to win and cover, uh, this one against the Panthers. Yeah, me too. Packers win Packers, uh, I think Packers win. I think Panthers cover though. Um, they showed some signs of life last week. I, I really think there's a lot of young players in the team that are looking to play and 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 play at a high level and improve. I think that's what the organization is is wanting. Um, the wins and losses really don't matter for them that much right now. They they don't own their first overall pick, so it really doesn't matter. Um, obviously, 33 or 34, you could waffle the two picks and flop back and forth. It really doesn't matter that much. Um, if you really feel like you got to get to 33 or 32, you can just make the flop. You can throw a fourth and you get back up into the 32 or 33. It doesn't really matter that much. I think, they, I think the organization was pushing these players to play at a high level and look to improve and make progressions throughout the year. So I think, I think and the Packers have looked a little dysfunctional uh, as of late. They had that stretch that they won, like, what, four games straight, and then they lost a couple. So a little weird. Uh, I think the Packers win, though, but they cut, but they, they, they don't cover the five points. And they, I think Panthers cover and keep it tight. Um, I'll let you get this uh, this popcorn matchup here. Yeah, I mean, it's Packers edge rushers, uh, Rashawn Gary and Lucas Van Ness versus the Panthers left tackle, Ikema Kwonu. Um, You know, Icky hasn't quite been what we thought he would be, um, at least early on in his career. Um, but Rashawn Gary has been really solid uh, for the Packers, kind of stepped up when other guys have been out. Lucas Van Ness, the rookie edge rusher, has been pretty consistent throughout his rookie year. Um, should be an interesting matchup here between those guys. I mean, you would think one of them is going to be lined up on Aquonu um, pretty much every snap. Um, so yeah, look for those look for those passing snaps for the Panthers. Uh, look out wide to see kind of who's a, who Aquonu is matched up against and uh, how he fares against two pretty solid uh, edge rushers. So uh, sticking in the Packers division in the NFC North, uh, we have Lions at or Vikings. Uh, the Lions are fared by three and a half, and frankly haven't looked nearly like themselves as of late. Um, I mean, they they rolled Denver, which was a good win. But other than that, they lost to the Bears. Uh, they lost to the Packers. They barely beat the Bears and they barely beat the Saints in their four games prior. So um, I'm picking the Lions to win and cover because they have enough talent. They're still a solid team at 10 and four. Um, that 10 and four really isn't. Indicative how indicative of how good they are, I think. Um, obviously, your record is what you are and where you currently stand, but they aren't as good as a typical 10 and 14 at this point. I think, I think there's a lot more flaws than um, a 10 and 14 would normally have. However, 
I still think they're able to make a run. I picked them to go to the NFC Championship game uh, before the season started, and I think that's still a possibility, but they would have to turn it around here and get hot, um, you know, here in the next couple of weeks. They should they should be able to this week, though. Um, you know, could have started last week against Denver, keep it rolling this week against the Vikings team that hasn't really looked great without Kirk Cousins playing. Um, you know, TJ Hawkinson has looked good. Jordan Addison has been really solid. Um so yeah, I'm going with the Lions to win and cover. Lions win, Lions cover. Um, Vikings had some, like I said, had some magic in Dobbs, and they they had to move away from him. So uh, Lions win, Lions cover this one. Popcorn matchup here, going to be Edge, uh, Lions, Lions edge rusher. Pardon me, Aiden Hutchinson versus Vikings left tackle Christian Derrissaw. A couple of really really productive young guys. Christian Darius has an all-pro level tackle. Aiden Hutchinson, all-pro, borderline all-pro level edge rusher. Um, he been really, really productive in pressures this year. You know, his sack numbers aren't super gaudy, but he's gotten home a lot. Um, gotten pressure on the quarterback a bunch. So looking for a really good matchup here. Again, we may not see Aiden really doesn't rush from the left side that much, but again, they play a lot of games. So we'll see if if we can get a, ma- a chance at this matchup. But just, again, more of a hypothetical here. Um Hopefully, like I said, hopefully Aiden gets a couple rushes from the left side and we can see him and Christian kind of go at it for a couple reps. Um, nonetheless, I think the Lions win and the Lions cover this one. Um, next one here, Jags at Bucks. Tampa favored by one at home, which is kind of strange. I'm picking the Jags to win, Jags to cover. I just don't really see – and I, I know the Bucks have to win this game, but I think you could argue that the Jags have to win it too uh, with the division race getting real tight. I think there's – are they all three tied – yeah, there's three teams tied at eight and six in the in the uh, in the in the AFC South between uh, Jacksonville, Houston, and Indianapolis. So I really think this is going to be a must-win game for Jacksonville. So uh, give me the Jags to win, the Jags to cover the one-point uh, spread. All right, because obviously they're going to they're going to cover if they're you know if they're going to win. Right. I think kind of weird seeing Tampa Bay favorite here. Obviously a hot team versus a cold team, but nonetheless, I mean these teams were vastly different just a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, both leading their division currently. A lot can change with the outcome of this game this week in terms of division leaders, but I'm still going with the Jags uh, to win and cover on the road, coming off a tough loss at home to the Ravens, in which they moved the ball pretty well, honestly. Um, just couldn't come through and, you know, within the 30-yard line, they couldn't put points on the board. And I think that fixes itself in practice this week, and they put it on display this week. Um, and it's really an easy travel week for them. Um, popcorn matchup of Jags edge, Josh Allen versus Buccaneers tackle. Tristan Wirth should be a good one. Couple, another couple guys um, in the trenches that are just really good at what they do. Um, not talked about as much as some other guys, but Josh Allen's had a solid and consistent year. Tristan Wirth's, um, you know, right tackle, left tackle, wherever you put him, he's produced and played really well for them. Um, that has led to Baker Mayfield, you know, having a, having some really good games. Um, so look for that one. I think um at the end of the day there's not really many other matchups in this game to look for i don't know if tyson's tyson campbell is going to be back this week uh, but he, if he is look for who he's matched up against uh, but yeah josh allen versus tristan Wirfs is the main one there moving on to cardinals bears an nfc matchup that has no implications uh, for the playoffs i'm picking the bears to win but the cardinals to cover i think the cardinals lose by three or less i think it's a real close game down to the wire i think it's a I think at the end of the day, um, Kyler Murray coming back hasn't done a whole lot for the Cardinals, but it's made them more competitive. Uh, but I still think the Bears win at home. They've had some good wins this year, um, even though it's not looking good for them in the bigger picture of the season. 
Yeah, I think the Jets get this one. The Cardinals, again, been competitive in a lot of games, but they really haven't found a way to win, even with Kyler in the game. So a little strange to me. I, again, I don't really know what to make of this team. They've again, been competitive, but I think the Bears get a win. I think the Bears want to win games. Usually you see a team like that, maybe they don't really want to win a lot of games. Um, obviously, the players want to win every single game they're in. I mean, from like an organizational standpoint, the Bears don't really care because they're going to be picking top two or th- one or two anyways because they've got Carolina's picks. So I think they want to see growth from their young players. Justin Fields is basically playing for his job, his career in Chicago right now. Um, as Brett and I mentioned earlier, like he's a guy who's probably getting traded regardless because they're probably picking a quarterback one or two, right? So I think for Justin Fields, this is an audition, one for their teams and two for them to – you know, maybe keep his job and and maybe that he shows some flashes as a passer the next three weeks and it's good enough to where they can maybe take more of it one or two or maybe trade back to three, right? And still get more of it or Olu and build around him instead of, you know, <laughs> instead of them trying to move on, get a new rookie quarterback. Just, like I said, Justin's playing for his career, so. Uh, I think the Bears win. I think the Bears do cover the four. Again, I think we're really lo- – I think just – I mean, they should have won that game last week, and, and they and they sold late. So um, I think the Bears got a couple wins in the tank here, um, and Justin Fields looking to have a really big game from him against what's largely been a lackluster Cardinals defense. Um, popcorn matchup here, Cardinals tight end Trey McBride versus Bears safety Jaquan Brisker. Trey McBride's had a really, really good season as of late, um, a really disappointing rookie season for him behind Zach Ertz. Um, Ertz got hurt. He's had a really, really good year, especially the second half of the season has been great for Trey. Um, and then Bears safety Jaquan Brisker. Um, I believe he was selected with the pick, acquired in the Khalil Mack trade with the Chargers a couple years ago. Really, really solid year for him. Had a good rookie year last year, has had a really good year this year. Um, quietly been one of the better safeties in the NFL, I think, probably. That's certainly among the young guys, guys on rookie deals. So um, maybe a good matchup here. I know Jaquan's kind of moved around a lot. Uh, I figure Trey gets some big slot reps this week, some inline reps, and obviously he's going to see a lot of Jaquan Brisker. So um, you could even have substituted this for um, – you can even just go Jaquan Brisker slash Trey Man Evans if you wanted to, especially with, if Trey gets some more inline reps this week. So, But, yeah, definitely looking at Jaquan. I wanted to give – I know we both wanted to give Jaquan Brisker a shout-out. guy's been really good this year uh, after a solid rookie year. He's been even kind of built on that as his second year. So um, certainly a kind of a cornerstone piece, if you will, for the Bears going forward on defense. Um, next matchup here. Cowboys at Dolphins, Miami favored by one in in Miami at Hard Rock Stadium. Um, despite the loss last week to the Bills, I, I still think the Cowboys are the, the second best team in the NFC. Um, we've kind of seen every t- every team we has had their moments of of taking their lumps, um, and that was I think that was just that was the Cowboys last week. They looked bad and they played a bad game, and that's just kind of a throw it away. You were in bad weather conditions, throw it away and move on. It's not. It's. I don't think that game categorizes them as a team. I mean, it's character. I don't think it's characteristic of them as a team, especially this year. So, give me the Cowboys to win, cover the one. They've got the best per PFF data and per kind of pressure data from Pro Football Reference and whoever you want to use. Just from a pressure standpoint, they've got the best pass rush pa- pass rush package in the entire league. Their four man rush NASCAR package is the best in the league at right at pressure percentage. They get pressure on over 60% of their snaps with their four man pass rush set in their NASCAR package of Lawrence Parsons, uh, Dexter Fowler. I'm going to figure out the fourth guy on that package, but they get some serious pressure 
It's a banged up Miami offensive line. I know I highly, I, I, I'm a huge Frank Smith fan. That's a guy you're going to hear me talk very highly about when we get to the coaches kind of talk in the next couple of weeks on the, on the regular pod episodes. But him and Mike McDaniels have done really, Mike McDaniel have done, Mike McDaniels have done really good things for that Dolphins offensive line. That said, they're all banged up still. And this is a different beast, man. This, this, this Cowboys defensive front is a different beast, and I think the Cowboys get a win here, a big win, and what's ultimately going to be a big loss for the Dolphins because they've got to start winning some games here because the Bills are right hot on their tail in the division, certainly for seeding as well. So, uh, but yeah, give me the Cowboys to win, Cowboys to cover on the road. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be the biggest Cowboys fan this week, um, just for the Ravens' sake. Need the Dolphins to get to five losses at least. Um, but yeah, Cowboys at Dolphins should be a really good game matchup of two ten and four teams. Uh, Miami's fair by one at home, but I'm going with the Cowboys to win on the road as well. I think at the end of the day, they just do enough on defense to keep that Dolphins offense from, you know, putting the game away. I think the Cowboys stay in it. I think Dak has a good game here coming back from a, a poor week last week. But the Dolphins have a brutal stretch to end the year. Um, home against the Cowboys, on the road against the Ravens, home against the Bills. That could be three losses or three wins. And I think... When you look at it, I mean, this this is going to be it for the Dolphins and the Cowboys, frankly. If the Cowboys want to have a shot at winning the division, which I don't think they will, but if they want to have any shot, they got to win really their last three, and it starts with this game against the Dolphins. Um, unfortunate for the Cowboys is that the Eagles have the easiest remaining schedule in the entire NFL, um, so that division is all but locked up. But nonetheless, I think this is still a year the Cowboys can win, you know, a couple games in the playoffs. And... It starts this week. I mean, the playoffs are now. I know we mentioned it last week. The playoffs are now for good teams. And, um, yeah, I'm going with the Cowboys to win it. Popcorn matchup of right guard Zach Martin versus Dolphins interior defensive lineman Christian Wilkins. Um, You know, the Dolphins, Bradley Chubbs played fairly well. They lost Jalen Phillips for the year. Um, They brought in Melvin Ingram. So it should be interesting to see how they rotate this week across that D-line. But Christian Williams has been solid, consistent, and healthy for them. Um, so look for him to have a big game if the Dolphins want to have a say in, you know, winning this game. No doubt. I mean, dude, Christian Wilkins, I think one of the more slept-on players in this league. Um, obviously, Zach Martin's one of the best to ever do it at, at, at right guard. Um, I, we talked about that a lot on this podcast. But Christian Wilkins, man, really, really, really good player. Um, they've been he's been awesome for them, and I think uh, and he's been an awesome matchup in that game. And obviously, it's gonna be a really, really good game. Obviously, Ramsey versus CD, you could go with Javon Holland versus CD, you could go with a bunch of guys in the Cowboys side versus the you know, kind of the, the Dolphins. But I like this one a lot as a trench matchup here. Um, Sunday night football matchup here, Pats at Broncos. I can't believe this game didn't get flexed for Cowboys Dolphins, frankly. This game is gonna suck. Broncos win, Broncos cover. The Patriots are awful. They're not very talented, and the popcorn matchup we picked this week was nearly impossible to choose. Um, so we're really grasping at straws here. But Broncos win. Broncos cover the six and a half. This game sucks. I not. I, I'm not even going to watch. I don't think. Yeah, I know. Um, two teams that have had some good things happen to them in the last ten years, but um, not really much. Good for them the past few. Um, you know, the Broncos have kind of turned it around the last five weeks or so. Uh, picking them to win and cover, even though they had a big loss last week to the Lions. Um, you know, the Pats aren't very good. They have a couple wins on the year, but really, I mean, a lot more losses. And at the end of the day, I'm going with the Patriots. Um, 
to lose by probably 10. I Broncos winning like 31-21, something like that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. But popcorn matchup is going to be Patriots safety, Jabril Peppers versus Broncos quarterback, Russell Wilson. Um, Jabril, a really versatile athlete going back to his days at Michigan. Um, should be interesting to see where he lines up across, you know, Broncos offensive skill players that still have um, are pretty talented across the board. You look at Corlin Sutton and Jerry Judy for receivers, and then um, they have a couple of running backs that are solid as well, along with Russ. So look for that, um, those matchups to kind of have some say in the game as well, um, more so than some other matchups, especially like in the trenches. There aren't really any good matchups. So that one should be interesting. Moving on to our Monday slate of games. We have three Monday games. Um, probably, I mean, not really a couple bad matchups before the final one. Um, the early one is Raiders at Chiefs. The Chiefs really haven't looked great, um, sitting at five losses right now. Going back home, I think they should win. Uh, I think they should win big this week, but I don't think they will. I think they win by like nine. I don't know at the end of the day how great the Chiefs are going to play because we we always say Chiefs are going to win this. They don't lose two in a row, but this year's different. They truly haven't um, played to their standards of the past four or five years um, since Mahomes got there. So I'm picking the Chiefs to win, but I think the Raiders keep it within 10. And I think at the end of the day, the Raiders could give themselves a shot to win it late. But I don't think, you know, even though, even though they're coming off a big matchup last week, I don't think they'll be able to do enough offensively, um, you know, to keep them in it down the stretch versus the Chiefs. Yeah, I think the Chiefs win, the Chiefs cover. Um, I know we've said this a bunch, that the Chiefs are just going to keep winning games, and they haven't the last couple of weeks. But Raiders team, they obviously put up 63 last week, uh, a couple of defensive scores on the Chargers. Um, different beast, though. Uh, this week, especially with the Chiefs defense, I think is the big thing to me. Um, curious to see how the Chiefs attack this Raiders defense. Um, I'm going to go with the pop. I think the Chiefs winning. The Chiefs do cover the 10. Late turnover, maybe. Uh, popcorn matchup here. I'm going to go with Raiders edge rusher Max Crosby. Not versus an offensive lineman, but versus Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes. No doubt a little bit of a rivalry. I'll say this. As much as I dislike the Raiders, uh, Max Crosby is a guy who... Seems like a really, really good dude off the field. I won't lie. Like, he seems like a really cool dude. Um, he obviously, like him and Patrick have this little beef going on, but uh, I think they're pretty, I think they're cool off the field. Um, a little bit of a rivalry in game, but I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Um, these two guys, obviously, Max is going to get after him and pass one of the best escape artists in the league, and he's the best at doing stuff off platform of anyone in the entire league. So um, nobody runs around and makes stuff happen like he does. And um, maybe not as an actual, like, scrambler runner, but like as a, run around, find someone open, make a big play. Pat's the best at that. That's why he is the best in the league. So um, this is a great matchup here. And uh, like I said, maybe not a competitive game, but certainly a cool matchup here with, with Max and Pat. Um, next one here, final. Actually, we have three games this week. Um, Giants at Eagles on Christmas here. Uh, Eagles favored by 12 at home. I'll take the Eagles to win, Eagles to cover. Uh, I think the Tommy DeVito insanity run is over. I, that's just kind of my take. Uh, I think Eagles win and roll here. Yeah, I mean, not much to it. Eagles fair by 12, divisional matchup. I think the Eagles win big here at home. Um, I don't think the Giants will be able to do enough offensively to keep it close, and the Eagles have really haven't been playing great the past few weeks, so we'll look for them to kind of bounce back this week and have a big win at home. Popcorn matchup of Giants defensive tackle Dexter Lawrence versus the Eagles interior offensive line of Landon Dickerson, who is a little banged up. We'll see if he plays this week. Uh, Jason Kelsey at center. Um, 
you know, really their rotation of guys on across that whole offensive line. Dexter Lawrence is a solid player for the Giants. Uh, one guy that they held on to after the trade deadline, and we'll see what happens um, between those two. But a uh, final matchup we have this week is the Monday night matchup, Christmas night. Um, should be the game of the week. We'll, Game of the week. We'll see how it goes um, between two 11 and three teams and the Ravens Niners uh, in San Francisco. The Niners are fared by five. I'm going to go with the Niners to win and cover. Uh, this is a game that the Ravens lose 10 times out of 10. Um, I know the Ravens too well. And if they win this game, they're seriously a different team. And I'd be shocked if they won. Um, I think the Niners are too much, especially at home. The Ravens, Losing Keaton Mitchell and Mark Andrews has been big. They haven't had the same offense since Mark Andrews went down. Um, Isaiah, Lake, Isaiah likely stepped up really well in his absence, but um, as good and as healthy as their defense has been for most of the year, um, their offense hasn't looked the same. And the, the Ravens' offense is going to be the key to the game across the board, I think, is how well their O-line can play, which their O-line has been terrible um, against what's going to be a healthy and a really good um Niners D-line is Hargrave and Armstead are likely back. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but I think the Niners win probably 31-21, something like that. You sleep on Twitter legend. That before it was X, Twitter legend Javon Kinlaw. Let us let us not forget, I will not repeat what he said on Twitter. Let us not forget the epic Twitter engagement he was on. he had. What was it, training camp this year or last year? I don't remember. It was it was in the last couple of years. Him and a a, a, a quote. He's the guy's not a reporter. He's a, a nepotism baby. But um, his dad was like a, a legit reporter, and he got him on another reporting game. But I think he has since been had his uh, media pass been revoked and is no longer a reporter. Uh, but nonetheless, they got into it, and uh, he told him a couple of things, and um, very funny nonetheless. I thought it was hilarious, but not everyone found it as funny as I did. Um, I thought it was kind of funny. It was a, a ridiculous beef that had no that had no reason to take place, but was nonetheless hilarious that it actually did. Um, but no, I, I'm with you. I think the Niners win. I do think Baltimore covers the five. This is these are the two best teams in the NFL. I think that's pretty clear. Um, despite the Mark Andrews injury, I still think the Ravens they come out on a week to week basis and they're and they're in every single game that they play in. Um. I am curious to see how this Ravens defense chooses to handle the handle this this Niners offense. No one's really had a really good when they're healthy, when Brock's been healthy, and when Trent Williams has been healthy, and everyone's kind of been ready to go. They nobody really has an, an answer for what they do, um, and it starts with Christian McCaffrey. Obviously, it starts with him. I mean, he's one of the best players in the entire league. Um, the guy seemingly is getting better every single year. He's been healthy this year for the most part. Um, and I'll let you I'll let you get the popcorn matchups. This is the Ravens game. But um, man, I'm really looking forward to this one. This is this is the game I've circled this week as this is going to tell us a lot about both teams. Um, if this game was in Baltimore, I would probably pick the Ravens. I just think it's a long trip. Um, I still think the Niners, what they do offensively is, is too much for anybody right now. Um, again, nobody's really cracked the code per se on how to stop them. Brock seems to be really, really comfortable in this offense. That is the one thing I'll say is that Brock, what he's done really, really well is not turn the ball over, and he's now comfortable running this offense, and that's the difference between this team last year and this year. They're healthy. 
and and they have a quarterback who's comfortable running the offense and doing it at a high level. And again, the offense doesn't have to be simplified so much that they are able to run some more advanced stuff with Brock. And again, he's not turning the ball over, which is big. So I'll be curious to see if this Ravens defense with playmakers like Roquan Smith, Kyle Hamilton, if they can make a couple, get a couple turnovers this week. Geno Stone's been really opportune this year on 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 kind of being in the right place at the right time. I feel like sometimes, and he's been, um, like I said, it's kind of it feels like while he may not be this all pro safety, pro bowl safety, it feels like he's been really solid and, and, and come up big when the Ravens have needed him to in big games. Um, you know, a couple penalties here and there, but again, feels like late in games and they needed him, at least in the games that I've watched, he's come up big. And so um, he's played a lot of complimentary football. So this Ravens team's done really, really well this year is that when the offense has been down, the defense has picked them up. When the defense has been down, the offense has picked them up in most of their games. So um, I think this is going to be awesome. I think it's a little game that, that, that comes down to the wire, maybe a defensive stop late, or maybe the Niners get the ball and they take the yard of it and kind of kneel it out or they kick a game-winning field goal. One way or another, this game's going to be down to the wire, and I think it's going to be uh, kind of the game of the week as it's, all, as it's been touted. And um, in a roundabout way, Niners win, Ravens cover. Yeah, I'll try to keep this quick. At the end of the day, I think, um, you know, the Ravens, obviously some playmakers in defense. Marlon Humphrey's gotten better each week. He had, had a couple of rough weeks about, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when he was still dealing with injury, but played really well against Jacksonville. So hopefully he continues that trend this week. Uh, but it's going to come down to our three safeties, I think, like you said, just with the amount of weapons that um, that San Fran has on offense. You look at across the board, McCaffrey, who is my MVP vote. Um, you have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have Debo Samuel. Um, Ayuk really is kind of the outcast of that group, but he is one of the best blocking receivers in the league, which is massive for that offense. And I don't think it's nearly enough credit for what he does. Um, is an incredible blocker, which has been huge for freeing up big plays for the other three guys. Um, and Brock Purdy, like you said, has made all the right decisions, I think. At the end of the day, he's going to get some MVP votes. He may even win it because a lot of the times they just give it to the quarterback with the best stats. Regardless of any other variables, they give it to the quarterback with the best stats, and he has the best stats in a lot of different categories. I don't think he should win it. It should be Tyreek or Christian McCaffrey. I don't think Tyreek wins it because he's not going to get to 2,000 with missing at least last week's game, possibly this week's game. So it's McCaffrey through and through, and I think you take – I mean, you swap Lamar and Purdy – the Ravens are probably 500 and the Niners might be undefeated. So I think in terms of value, that's really what the award always comes down to every year. It's value versus, you know, production. And I think it, it never goes to the most valuable guy, I feel like. But, um, but you know, looking back at the matchup between two guys, two teams that have a ton of athletes, I think the Ravens defense is going to have to come out with, you know, this is going to be Mike McDonald's, really audition like this game right here for a head yeah, coaching job. Yeah, truly. That's a good point because you know, yeah, the playoffs have some good matchups and higher stakes, but for defensive coordinators, it's just what you do against the best offenses, how you use the players you have and how you cater your scheme and your alignments to the talent you have on your side of the ball. So um, look for them to do a lot with their DBs this week. Marcus Williams, Geno Stone, Kyle Hamilton, a, a great safety trio. Um, they should be move, moving around all over the field with the amount of weapons, like I said, that San Fran possesses. Um, you know, Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen have both played really well this year. Look for them, you know, to kind of drop into coverage a good bit. I think there's always going to be one right at the line of scrimmage. I feel like, um, you know, going downhill, just preventing that big play um, 
possibility with Christian McCaffrey. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. Roquan versus Christian McCaffrey is our popcorn matchup, but there's a slew of, slew of popcorn matchups in this one um, between two really talented rosters. So I think it should be fun. She'll come down to the wire, but I just think the Niners win 31-21, something like that. Um, as much as I would love for the Ravens to win, um, if I had to pick a game for the Ravens to lose over the final three weeks, this would be it uh, with it being against an NFC team. Um yeah, I mean, they can't lose another AFC game if they want that one seed. And I think they can afford to lose this week, frankly. They can afford to lose this game. Um, as I mean, obviously, they don't want to. They want to come out and win. But it should be a fun one. I'm really looking forward to this one, Christmas night. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully we get a close game that everyone's hoping for. Um, and it comes down to the wire one way or another. But that'll pretty much do it um, for us on Thursday Turf Talk, episode 18, where we um, previewed in depth all of the 16 uh, week 16 NFL games, and then five bowl games that we have this week. Um, you know, one Friday, Saturday, or Friday, excuse me, one tonight, one Sunday, three Monday. Um, regardless. I think we're waiting for the next week's slate. Um, should be a lot of fun bowl games, New Year's Six Bowl, stuff like that. So looking forward to it. Real quick, to recap our records through 17 weeks, um, Brady has the three-game lead in college, the six-game lead in NFL, leading to the nine-game overall lead. He is, um, has a winning percentage of 66%. I'm at 63.1% um, through 309 football games. Um, so still really close, you know. A nine-game lead for him should come down to the wire. We have about five episodes left um, with NFL playoffs. So um, looking forward to this. Putting one out next week should be a loaded episode next week. Um, one of the most fun ones, best matchups of the year. So we'll see you all uh, next week. We don't know our plans yet in terms of scheduling, but we should get at least one episode to you all. I know with the holiday falling on Monday and, and some probably some plans probably later in the week. Uh, we should get at least one episode to y'all next week, but thanks for tuning in. Um, follow us on Colty at Colty podcast on X and Instagram, and we'll see you soon. See you guys then.